Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the Green Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and datacom needs. Billiken win! Billiken win! Now, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome back. It is Sports on a Sunday Morning, hour number two as we get going here. Lutz Fan and Steel will be joining us in just nine minutes to talk about City's loss to Seattle last night, three to nothing out in Seattle. The big news from the Masters is that Tiger Woods has withdrawn before the resumption of the third round. He announced that this morning. That ends his streak of completing all 72 holes of every tournament he's played at Augusta as a professional. That announcement 90 minutes before play was to begin that Woods had withdrawn with an injury. Then he said on Twitter that he had re-aggravated his plantar fasciitis. Woods finished his second round in cold driving rain yesterday, made the cut on the number at three over, extended his master streak to 23 straight cuts made, tying Fred Couples and Gary Player for the longest in history. He's won the Masters five times, but it's a fair question to wonder whether he will be able to do it again. But he does have an injury that's going to keep him out at least this year. I think we've learned never to count out Tiger Woods. So we'll just leave it at that, but we'll continue to monitor what he looks like as the year goes along. Now, what do we have in front of us? Brooks Kepka and John Rahm, who are fighting going into this final round of the Masters. They will tee off shortly. They just finished their third round, and Kepka and Rahm finished today one over each, and so they are still two shots apart. Kepka 11 under for the championship. Rahm is 9 under going into this final round. They both just wrapped up their 18th hole of the third round moments ago. Now, Victor Hovland of Norway is right back into it. He has climbed into contention at the Masters. He is the world's ninth-ranked player. I think he gets forgotten sometimes, but he's a top-ten player in the world. And he's strung together five straight birdies on the back nine. He is now eight under for the tournament, four shots behind Kepka in the round, and then Kepka with a bogey makes it three shots. I mean, he's right there. Hovland became just the third player since the end of World War II to birdie holes 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15 in the same round at the Masters. I'm going to repeat that from the Elias Sports Bureau just so you hear that and understand how good Victor Hovland is. He is the third player since the end of World War II to birdie holes 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15 in the same round at the Masters. That is incredible. The last one to do, it's Paul Casey in 2018. The streak ended when he made a par on 16. So he is 
right now, right on the heels of John Rahm, one shot behind him, and three off the lead, Brooks Kepka. So I believe this is a three-man race going into this final round. We will have an update from Dan Reardon at 11.45. Cardinals play at 1.10 today, 12.15 pregame. John Moselock is with us here in about 20 minutes at 11.30. We had Ollie Marmel, the Cardinals manager, last hour. The Cardinals throwing Jake Woodford today against the Brewers. The big question is, where are they in terms of their health in the bullpen? Packy Naughton with a forearm strain. He had that examined. We'll get an update, hopefully, from John Moselock here at 11.30. But they did bring in... Hennessy's Cabrera. Now, Cabrera has had some control issues and Naughton actually beat him out for that second lefty spot in the bullpen. Zach Thompson's clearly been the best lefty, still has an ERA of zero. Uh, but Naughton got hurt. Uh, he has a left forearm strain, and we'll see how severe that is. Uh, he uh, threw a pitch and walked Christian Yelich and then kind of clenched his fist and, and held his arm. He had an MRI taken, and the fact that we haven't heard anything yet, don't know whether that's good or bad, but we'll hear hopefully pretty soon about Packy, uh, who I think is an important piece to that bullpen puzzle. But Zach Thompson was great yesterday, getting through his jam that he faced in the eighth inning. Jordan Montgomery was the best lefty of the day. He went seven scoreless yesterday. Arenado hit his 300th home run of his career. Jordan Walker hit his second home run of his career. The Cardinals won the game 6 to nothing. a terrific outing by the Cardinals who played today against the Brewers at 110. Battlehawks won yesterday 21-17 in overtime over Vegas. Blues lost 5-3 at Minnesota. And City, they lost again. They're now 5-2. and two. They fell at Seattle by a final of 3 to nothing. When we come back from this break, we will hear from the sporting director, Lutz Fannensteel. Going into that, you'll hear our feature 90 in 60, so you can hear how the game unfolded, and then we'll talk to Lutz about all of those things and more. John Moselock at 1130, Dan Reardon at 1145. This is Gray Bar Sports on a Sunday morning, back right after this. Welcome back to the Gray Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Now, Y98 presents 90 and 60, a look back at the St. Louis City match against the Seattle Sounders. Sponsored by Petland, Petland Lake St. Louis, Fenton, and PetlandSTL.com. Cutting to the top, Ladero feeds a friend, hot shot, and that thing's buried in the upper 90 by Atencio. Just outside of the Jokini, picks it up, centralization, or clouds, with the tap home, and it's sent wide. Right at the top of the box. Hope loose by City, reclaimed by the men in green. Mm. Ladero, centralization, Morris, a header! Oh, Roman Berkey! What a great play! Knocks it out of bounds toward the left sideline! In Seattle, final whistle has blown. City will fall. Final score of 3-0. Second consecutive loss for City. This has been 90 and 60, presented by Petland. St. Louis City returns to City Park to face Cincinnati this coming Saturday. Pre-game at 7, kick at 7.30 on Y98 St. Louis. As we continue on this Easter morning, Tom Ackerman with you. It's sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX, and we're joined by the sporting director of St. Louis City SC, Lutz Fannensteel. Lutz, great to have you on the air as always. No, we don't have them. 
Well, we we shall get to him. We might have lost him on the phone, but you heard it right there. City lost that game by a final of three to nothing, and City is a team that right now has dropped two in a row, but still a team that everybody's talking about. Lutz, how are you this morning? Howdy, well. Happy Easter to you. Happy Easter to you and your great family and your city family. How are how's everything? Were you guys able to travel uh, safely? Everybody back in St. Louis. Yeah, everybody back directly after the game. It was a very uh, quiet, uh, I would call it nearly silent uh, uh, plane ride back. So everybody was disappointed, of course, with the outcome of the game. But we made it back, and um, you know the preparation for for Cincinnati has started. Absolutely. Cincinnati is coming. It'll be this Saturday, April 15th at City Park. You'll be back in your familiar surroundings. How would you describe yesterday? What do you think the overall feelings are as those players are in silence thinking about what they could have done? Certainly, if you're involved in sports, you know that feeling when you drop a match, you drop a game, you start thinking about what could I have done to contribute? What overarching feeling from you as to what happened there? Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, uh, you know, playing uh, away uh, in Seattle, it, it's always a challenge. I mean, I played in my last game exactly 16 years ago, and nothing has changed. Um, it, it's still, you know, the where Roman Bucci was changing his shirt, I was sitting on the same chair. So it was really still that 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 traditional stadium. They always successful on the turf is uh, definitely one of one of their their biggest weapons because they are used to it. Um, but um, that's not an excuse, you know. We lost against the current Concacaf Champions League winners. Uh, that's uh, uh, without any doubt one of the, the top teams in in the United States. And yeah, uh, I believe that we had an absolutely uh, brilliant first half. You know, we probably were at least the same level, maybe even a bit better in the start of the game. Hit the post with Klaus, and and it, we looked. I think uh, you know the, the formation, everything worked. But uh, in the same way as it was like against Minnesota last week, uh, the the second half we were not as sharp anymore, and. Um, yeah, I thought that uh, Seattle just uh, really taught us that lesson in the second half. And, you know, welcome to the MLS. It's it, it's not a walk in the park. Uh, we realized that uh, last week against the team, which was well prepared. But Minnesota was good. But still, you can't compare them to Seattle. You know, Seattle has, has that extra edge. And I think that's what we what we have to, to learn out of that game, that uh, 45 or even 60 minutes... Uh, Playing uh, at the same level uh, is good, but you need to be you need to be able to actually uh, do something when it counts, and that was yesterday not the case. And we lost simply against a better team in the end of the day. Do you think it would have been different, uh, significantly different, had that ball gone in? You mentioned the Klaus header, and you know you hit the upright. I mean, it was so close. If, if that ball goes in and you're up one nothing at the half, how different do you think things are? Yeah, it is. Uh, I think often in soccer like that, if you have that first half and things are going well, you need to somehow, uh, you know, um, you reward yourself with something. Uh, we missed that last week as well against Minnesota, and it was that one moment. We didn't create that many chances yesterday in the first half, but we had that one which you just mentioned, which was a big one. And of course, it would have been a completely different momentum coming out, being one up. But. Uh, nil-nil, and then it comes to that one moment when a quality team actually punishes you, then it's hard to come back, and that was also something, I think, which we which we felt yesterday, 
Um, once you're one nil down, you know, like we already showed that we can come from being one nil down against Charlotte. We were one nil down, uh, two one down in in in, in uh, Austin in the first game. So we we can we can react to that. But um, yeah, yesterday it was a different opponent. It was tough, and uh, to be fair, after those one nil, they didn't give us a sniff anymore. You uh, lose this one three to nothing. You had you mentioned the formation. You had three center backs. Uh, initially in your formation. Describe how that comes about. That That's obviously from scouting and, and checking the opponent because you now have had, I believe, seven different uh, starting lineups, haven't you, uh, this season? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's uh, also obviously always circumstantial, uh, like who is fit, who is sick. Uh, there's always somebody always ever knocks. So it's not that easy to, to always play with the first 11. That would be a dream scenario. Also, the way we play, I think there is always some some changes or lots of substitutions on the card. That's normal. But yeah, yesterday we tried something uh, different. That's not a secret. Everybody could see that. And uh, as you mentioned, you know, you, you're watching an opponent uh, weeks and weeks. Uh, you're watching every game they played all season and also some, some partly last season. And then you try to, to make a match plan. What, what is the best, what is the best, yeah, kind of fit for what we believe. And uh, looking at the first half, it was it was it was it was a very good idea. It worked out really well. They 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 didn't they ran out of ideas. To be honest, they didn't hurt us. Um, but that that's when I talk about a top team. When they have then they realize at halftime that things are not going their way. They can make one two little adjustments and then find a way and uh, stay patient. And that's that's what they did. So. Um, you know, it was definitely a, a good idea to to have that five in the back or three in the back, however you want to call it, and um, uh, especially against a team like Seattle. How did you feel? I mean, I could ask you about players all day, but I think there's a lot of interest around here in Miguel Perez uh, because of the local connection. How is he playing, and how was he yesterday? Yeah, I mean, you know, he uh, he's a player which, uh, which uh, knows exactly his position. He's uh, very smart, I think, for his age of uh, of 17 to, to hold his position in midfield. He wins Lots of one-on-one, so he's a he's a hardworking kid. Exactly there in the middle, where it's important to to grind and kind of close that dangerous areas. And I, I thought, yeah, I thought Miggy did fine. I mean, uh, you know, when when he when he came off, uh, we were still in the game, but obviously he had to work hard. He got tired as well, so it was a it was a, a good game of me. When you look at how this team is constructed, and you look at depth, I mean, we just illustrated right there. Uh, some of the depth that you're able to do there, and and right there in Miguel Perez, there is a, enough depth in the midfield. How do you view just also the long haul of a season? How do you get your team built for a 34 match season? I mean, it is a long season when you really think about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, let's put it this way. I think uh, if when we started to 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 finalize the squad, we nobody thought that. Uh, Miggy will get that many games already that early because he was a he, he's a rookie he's a he's a completely young player, but in preseason he showed what he can do. So uh, for many people, unexpectedly, he already have now he played five out of uh, I think he played six out of this, or out of seven matches uh, at least some minutes, uh, which is which is unbelievable. And I mean this is what we want to do. We always said we want to give local boys or our academy boys opportunities in the first team. Miggy's the best example. He he grabbed that chance 
uh, and and obviously he wants he wants to keep on playing. So that that's that's a great a great setup to have. Um, you know, I think probably as you can hear, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not in a very good mood today, uh, which is pretty normal because I, I hate losing. <laughs> but uh, I think we we need to really like uh, realize, uh, and it's not just not just we as as as, as players or, or stuff, but also everybody everybody who watches that. You know, it, it's not. You don't just fly into Seattle and uh, and 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 have a cup of coffee and, and fly away with three points. It's not that easy. There's bigger and better teams than we are have tried that and badly failed. So I think it's it's good to 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 realize reality. And the reality is that we are a brand new team. Uh, reality is that we are an expansion team. But reality is that we had an amazing start, and with five, seven games played and won five and 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 lost two, I think that's the better start everybody expected. So we shouldn't we shouldn't really be 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 too be too upset about it. But obviously, learn uh, what went wrong yesterday, or what what did Seattle do different than other teams, and and get focused. And yeah, it's 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 a very very long season. It's 34 games, so it would be far too early and. If you remember two weeks ago when we had 5-0, I also said, "Hey, it's it, it's a long season. Let's not let's not get too emotional and too euphoric here. It's uh, you know we need to we need to learn. We need to get our experiences and we need to grow as a group from game to game. And sometimes you're learning from a loss, uh, Tom, like yesterday, more than uh, walking away with a nil-nil or something like that. So I, I look into the the positive part as well and. There was definitely some learning moments yesterday, and let's hope we we can we can actually yeah use that moment for for next week's game against uh, Cincinnati, which is probably at the moment uh, a team which is just as good uh, as Seattle. And City has established a philosophy and a direction, and I would not anticipate that they're going to stray too far from that. You can already hear that in the voice of Lutz Fanensteel, and I really appreciate the perspective as well. It is a long season, and looking at it from that lens, it is the next game, and Cincinnati is going to be here on Saturday, and they are already underway preparing for that. Thank you very much for the visit. It's always great to chat with you. We'll have Bradley Carnell on tomorrow morning. We look forward to that as well, Lutz. Have a great day, and happy Easter. Great to visit. Lutz Fan and Steel with us, sporting director for City. We'll take a break. The man in charge of the St. Louis Cardinals is John Mosellock. He's the president of baseball operations. He's up next. Cardinals in Milwaukee with pregame on the way in about 45 minutes back after this. Next delivery to Arenado. Sit high and deep down the left field line. And this one stays fair. It's a big fly for Arenado. His 300th of his career. And the Cardinals now lead four to nothing. That was a blast by the Cardinal third baseman. And they'll have a nice celebration in the Cardinals dugout. A big hug from Oliver Marmol. 300 home runs is a big deal. Big moment it is for Nolan Arenado. Here are the names. Stan Musial, Gary Gaetti, Jim Edmonds, Troy Gloss, Paul Goldschmidt, Albert Pujols, and now Nolan Arenado. These are the players to hit 300 career home runs as members of the Cardinals. The man who brought him here is John Mosellock, the president of baseball operations. Happy Easter, Mo. How are you? Happy Easter. I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, what did you think of that yesterday, that moment for Nolan Arenado? 
Well, obviously, it's it's a big deal. Um, you know, it's sort of interesting, right? You have uh, somebody like Jordan Walker hitting his second, and then you watch somebody like Nolan Arnato hit 300. And, you know, last year we got to witness Albert Pujols hitting 700. So you, you can kind of put all this in sort of per- perspective on on really the importance or the, the legacy of a, someone's career or length of career based on these types of, of historic uh, moments. And, you know, look, I, I'm super happy he got 300, but more importantly, I'm, I'm super happy that he, you know, added to our lead, um, put us in a position to, to have a successful game. And, you know, it was, it was refreshing to finally play a game with a lead instead of behind. So um, you see how, uh, that that can benefit a club and, and certainly did yesterday. Yeah, there was so much going on there. I mean, Arenado just finds ways to drive in runs. He drove in the first run with a sack fly. And to your point, the Cardinals, so many things happen in this game to contribute to a 6 nothing lead. It's nice to be able to have a cushion to pitch with, but I don't care if that game was 0-0. Jordan Montgomery was dealing yesterday. That's exactly what you needed, wasn't it, to get a start like that? It really was, and 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 for a couple of reasons. One is I think A, it gives him like great confidence moving forward. B, I think just the team itself found it very uplifting. And it also takes a little pressure off that bullpen, right? When you're, when you're playing from behind four straight games and your starters are, are, are um, barely getting through five, it just, the, the magnitude of what kind of pressure you're putting on your bullpen is, can be massive. And so, you know, that was a, a great sigh of relief last night. Um, you know, needless to say, we needed it. And, you know, hopefully we can build from that today and, and uh, maybe get a little run. Yeah, he handed off to Jake Woodford today, who pitched so well the last few years in the organization. And yesterday uh, you get Jordan Montgomery and now you get Woodford, who probably just has to turn the page. I mean, you know, just chalk it up to not his best day. We saw what we saw in spring training, didn't we? The guy was one of your best pitchers. Yeah, and I really think that's what he needs to go back and do. I think he got a, away from a little bit of how he was pitching in, in camp. And uh, you know, I think, obviously, he made a few mistakes in that first outing and, and paid for him dearly. So, you know, I, I hope today he can be aggressive, attack the zone, use that slider, and uh, be more effective. I told Ollie that I was with some family watching the game yesterday, and I said, early in the game, I said, well, you know, it's Milwaukee. I mean, this is, I, I can assure you this won't end 6 nothing, And it ended 6 nothing. Uh, Montgomery was great. <laughs> and then Zach Thompson, you know, that things can get a little crazy in the game. And here comes Luke Voigt. You know he wants to make some noise. And Zach Thompson got him. Boy, what a performance by Zach, Mo. You know, he's been impressive. Um, showed up to camp. I think it was in the best shape I've, I, I recall ever seeing him. Uh, probably since he was drafted and, and just the way he's been going about it. And look, I think his success is going to always, you know, dictate where he is landing that curveball. If he can land it, he's going to have a chance. And I think that little boost in velocity for being in better shape coming out of the bullpen is also something that, that will benefit him. You know, I do see him one day, most likely back in, in, in the rotation, but right now I think, you know, we're utilizing him out of the bullpen, and it's it's been great to see. What's the latest with Packy Naughton? Do we have any more uh, information? Well, we, 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 we've confirmed it's a, a flexor pronator strain. I, I think we're going to have one more test tomorrow to determine maybe a better idea of timetable. But, you know, clearly he's going to miss some time. And Hennessy Cabrera jumps right in. He's 
the pitcher that Naughton beat out, basically, uh, for one of those spots. Andrew Suarez was also in contention, I thought, as a lefty reliever. But uh, to have Hennessy back, what do you think about Cabby? Well, I definitely think, going back to your point, it was a very competitive camp. Um, you know, I do think when um, these guys were at the WBC, we just really weren't able to get the looks that we were able to get with guys that stayed in camp. But I will say, like, you know, Cabby's gone down to Memphis. He's thrown the ball really well. And so, you know, very confident that, that he can be a positive addition to our bullpen moving forward. Continuing the injury report, if you don't mind, uh, Adam Wainwright, uh, some positive news on him so far? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, right now he is able to to throw light pens. I think he's going to ramp that up a little bit more this week, and we'll have a better sense of, of – when his possible return is or, or possibly even how to start thinking about a rehab assignment. So fingers crossed that um, he can keep progressing the way we're hoping. Uh, that'll be an attractive option for people who are wanting to catch Wayno pitching if he does in a rehab assignment. What about, um, speaking of rehab assignments, I saw Paul DeYoung was starting to do that. Are you getting good returns on him so far? You know, he's, he's playing. He's, he's pain-free. Um, I think he'll ultimately play one more game today. Uh, off Monday, and then hopefully be able to join Memphis this week. So if that's the case, you know, then you can start really putting him through the test. And Lars Newtbar, is he getting a little bit closer? You know, I think he's going to go back to uh, hitting on Monday, so tomorrow, and then I, get, I think we'll have a better sense of, of what that looks like and if he'll be someone that can – ultimately just come back after his 10 days or will we have to do some sort of rehab assignment with him? So that's a little bit of a TBD, but hopefully we have a better gauge on that uh, sometime tomorrow or Tuesday. Gotcha. I appreciate all that. There's also this. That's his sign working with Caratini and that ball's hit hard to left field over the head of the left fielder and it's over the wall. A home run for Jordan Walker. A two run shot is second as a big leaguer. And the Cardinals lead six to nothing. He starts his career with, by the way, that ball was absolutely scorched. He, he starts his career with eight straight games with a hit. He has an eight-game hitting streak. He's 20 years old. The last person, the youngest person to do that before him was a guy named Ted Williams in 1939. That's an incredible company. I, Jordan Walker destroyed that ball yesterday, and I, I kind of wanted to go back to the first time that you saw him hitting the ball with that kind of authority and when you knew, because I could hear it in your voice when you told us about Jordan Walker, that he was going to be special. Well, I do think like the game, the modern game's a little bit easier to look at in the sense that we have measurable outcomes, right? When you can tell how hard someone hits the ball, that's different. Now, when you go watch Jordan Walker out on the backfields hit, and you don't have all that technology around you, you you certainly understand just by the sound of it, it's different. But at at a very young age, well, he still is young, but when we first had him, you know, he was competing in that um, pandemic camp, COVID camp down in Springfield, really against AAA pitchers and big league pitchers. And at, at 18 or 17, he's holding his own. So, you know, like that was sort of eye opening to us. And then of course he went on to have the successes he's having. The the crazy thing about him is ultimately if he starts learning to lift the ball, um, like that home run yesterday, I think it was a 20 degree exit velocity, which 
I mean, uh, launch angle, which is like, that's just, most people just can't hit balls out of the ballpark like that. But when you hit it 110 or 111, you got a chance. And that's what he does so well. And, and so it's great to see how he's swinging the bat. You know, he's, he's a really intelligent young man. So I think he's able to, you know, move on, turn the page, but still learn as he's going. And, you know, look, he's got great mentors on this club and he's embracing that. And so, yeah, I think he's been a, really exciting player to watch and needless to say I think his future is uh, incredible that's a great illustration of of his swing and and his ability to adjust also like we didn't make a big deal out of this I don't think anybody did because it's spring training but he you know was murdering baseballs early when he was facing a lot of fastballs then you could see as pitchers are starting to shape their breaking stuff those numbers went down a little bit and here he is just he's hitting breaking balls Mo I mean (laughs) that's he's adjusting Right before he us. He is. He's, he's definitely making those um, adjustments in-game, in-at-bats, and, and that's that's great to see. I mean, look, he's there's always going to be learning curves, right? I mean, even the best players in the game have struggles at times because it's why hitting's hard. It's a hard game. But just watching how he's making these changes and, and more importantly, just how he goes about it, it's, it's impressive. And, uh, you know, I think as a Cardinal fan – you know, we're very lucky to, to have a player like this in our organization because, you know, you're always looking for that next great thing. And I think this might be one one type of player that uh, we haven't seen come through in a while. Well, it was a special day yesterday on a lot of different fronts. And today the Cardinals hope to get a W and win this series. Milwaukee's winning streak came to a stop and the Cardinals are going to try to start their own. Cardinals and Brewers today at 110. Happy Easter to you and your family. It's always great talking baseball with you. I hope you have a great day and a safe trip uh, beyond today. Thank you, Tommy, and happy Easter to all. Be well. Be well. Thank you very much. It's 1141. This is Total Information. This is sports on a Sunday morning. Now, tomorrow, uh, as we get into uh, all of the – all of the reports from Dan Reardon on Total Information AM. I wanted to, that's why I said that. I wanted to mention that he's going to be on tomorrow, and I wonder who's going to win this Masters. You know, I think that everybody saw Brooks Kepka running away and thought, well, you know, this is over. Kepka's going to dominate. Augusta doesn't play like that. Uh, Augusta is always, always the celebrity when it comes to the Masters. It's very rare that that happens. The Augusta National is the celebrity. It's the feature, and everybody else plays around it. Justin Thomas just tweeted something I thought was really interesting because Kepka leads this thing at 11 under, keep in mind, and John Rahm's at 9 under, and they're going to tee off in about a little under two hours. Justin Thomas just tweeted, I think minus 13 wins outright. Think about that for a minute. Kepka's at 11 under. hasn't teed off in this final round yet. Justin Thomas just said, I think minus 13 wins outright. Minus 12, a playoff. He says, few guys make a run with some early birdies. Wind will make it challenging. But Sunday at Augusta yields plenty of opportunities to make some noise. We shall see. That's from Justin Thomas, who missed the cut. He is not part of this. He shot four over and did not participate in round three, which ended just a little while ago with, again, Brooks Kepka two shots better than John Rahm. And right there is Victor Hovland, who is eight under. So he's three shots off the lead. It's a three-man race 
down the stretch at the Masters unless Patrick Cantlay, who's at six under, wants to make a little noise himself. It's Kepka and Rahm and Hovland and Dan Reardon at Augusta next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Gray Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Little Schmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Gray Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. 11.48, let's go back to Augusta. The Masters final round is just getting underway with the leaders going off at 1.33 Central Time. That would be Brooks Kepka leading the way. He is 11 under. John Rahm, 9 under. They will tee off at 1.33 with Victor Hovland at 1.24. Just before them, he's paired with Patrick Cantlay. Hovland, 8 under for the championship. Cantlay is Six under. Dan Reardon is standing by at Augusta. We want to make sure that he is, as all of his needs taken care of. Dan, are you there? I am here, Tom. Hey, how are you? So, uh, first of all, uh, can you paint the picture of the media set up there now that COVID is behind us, at least in terms of restricting us? Uh, how are things from a media standpoint at Augusta? Oh, it's it's a full house, and you get premier treatment here for this uh, particular tournament. There's nothing you can say negative about the operation. If you wanted to nitpick, you would point out that the actual location of the center is quite a distance from the golf course, but they provide uh, they provide transportation. I, I, even in the rain yesterday, you you didn't even get wet if you wanted to go down uh, to the golf course. So you can't you have nothing negative to say about this other than, like I said, the distance from the players and the golf course. From a spectator standpoint, how has that been? How have the galleries been, or are people enjoying themselves? 
I think the galleries have been particularly impressive yesterday in, in the cold weather. I thought, of course, you know, these tickets are not easy to come by. The badges are, are sort of lifetime for, for many families. Uh, the other thing that I, I would point out, but it was not so true yesterday. I always think this golf course and, and this championship or tournament looks better when we have umbrellas up because they're like little flowers all the way around the golf course. But yesterday, people weren't really so much worried about umbrellas. They wanted their hands in their pocket. They were trying to stay as warm as possible. It, it was just a nasty day. And, and it, I can tell you, Tom, when I left uh, after play had ended, the, the, the downpours that were coming through the hour after that, there was no way they could continue to play because of the amount of rain they took off took on but this is where they invented the sub air system that's a, a ability to vacuum the water out of the greens this is a hilly golf course so the water will roll off most of the hills so if any any place is suited to have the kind of weather they had late friday and all through saturday and have a good round on sunday augusta is the place to be right now you have partly cloudy skies in augusta it's 57 degrees looks like you're going to get up to about 62 or 63 by the time this final round is over and somebody is going to be slipping on a green jacket and they are going to have their lives changed because we're likely to get a first round a first timer aren't we with Hovland is you would have a first-time major winner as well. Uh, you know, I, I will say that Hovland probably, even though he's only one stroke behind Rom, is the, 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 the toughest fit. But I, I'll tell you something about Hovland. He has only two bogeys on the final nine holes over the first three days of the championship. He's seven under over the last six holes um, on the championship. So if he is in position on the back nine after they get past, let's say, 12, the par three, Hovland could be particularly dangerous because he's, he has a comfort factor that goes with him. But, you know, he had a great opening round shooting 65. He, he had a, a five birdies in a row on this third round. Those, I think, are streaks. And I don't know that, that necessarily Sunday at Augusta is, is given to streaks. It can be. Uh, I think you could probably say that happened with Charles Schwartzel. But I don't, I don't think this is a tournament that's won by streaks. I think it's a, a little bit of an endurance contest. And that's why I look at, uh, I really look closely at Kepka and Rahm as to putting on the show. I still am amazed how young Rahm is. He's only 28 years old. It seems like he's been around a lot longer than that. He's won 10 times on the PGA Tour. He's won one major. That was a U.S. Open. Best finish at the Masters was in 2018 when he finished fourth, Dan. Uh, just in terms of players in the world, he's uh, one of the absolute best and is considered now a favorite for pretty much every tournament he plays in. And so let me give you the script. I've played around with the numbers over the first three days. Let me give you the script for Rom. If, if you want to watch for an area where he needs to perform that he hasn't performed, it's on four, five, and six. He's over par on all three of those holes. So th- that's a stretch where he becomes vulnerable if, for no other reason than his confidence level is reasonably low. But then on seven, eight, and nine, he's seven under par for those three holes. So he has a great bounce back circumstance. Neither he nor Kepka have a particularly uh, exciting look on the back nine. The, 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 they've been under par and over par, but Kepka has put so many pars up on the golf course that the back nine doesn't look to be where they're, you know, ordinarily that's where the electricity would come from in the field. And, and that's where they could be vulnerable to a guy like Victor Hovland. I don't think Cantley can run them down. In, in terms of Kepka, he's four under on two and three. The, the par five, he has birdied our eagles every day. Uh, he's the same way on eight. His money is built on those par five holes on the front nine. So if you want to watch and see how this unfolds, and if they play according to the 
through the profile of the character they have shown over the first three days. That's the way I, I think. You know, both of them are uh, the, number one in scrambling for the week is Brooks Kepka with 15 out of 18 holes where he's missed the green. Number two, John Rahm with a 13 out of 16. It, it, it shapes up as a, a really good head-to-head competition if we don't bring Hovland into the mix. And even if we do, I think it will be an entertaining trio that we're watching. Brooks Kepka is a four-time major champion. He's won the PGA twice, including here in St. Louis at Bell Reef Country Club. He's won the U.S. Open twice. His best finish at the Masters was in a tie for second in 2019. The winner that year was Tiger Woods. He won his fifth in incredible fashion at the age of 43. And as we talked about last hour, he has withdrawn from this championship due to a recurrence of plantar fasciitis. Dan, he did make the cut, however, and we closed last hour talking about his future. I see those, uh, and you talked about, you know, seeing him in terms of that ceremony every year and being part of Masters lore. It's amazing still, and I've watched it a couple of times, and they did a great job of a behind-the-scenes with Jack Nicholas in particular of that ceremonial tee shot with Nicholas, Watson, and player what is that like, Dan, just to, to be there for all of that? Well, it, you know, it, it was, it, it's great now. It's not, you know, it used to be Palmer, Nicholas, and mm-hmm. player. And, and, and it's hard to, to change that combination. You know, I have all those respect in the world for Tom Watson. And I guess it's been a little awkward the last couple of years. Players' comments this year, uh, it's sort of inappropriate. And then he had the incident with his son, uh, but but the ceremonial tee shot is is a part of it. I'll tell you what's better than the ceremonial tee shot is the next 45 minutes when they come in and they reminisce and talk and tell stories about their days in professional golf and particularly particularly here at the Masters. Uh, that's to me the best part of that of that that moment that time period is when the player those those three great players whoever they might be and it used to be. Need and it used to be other players in that in that mix as well, but I think that's a great sign. It is an incredible connection, golf's history, and this golf course and this championship. The Masters is the best, and Dan Reardon is there covering it for the thirty eighth time for KMOX. I look forward to seeing how this thing turns out, Dan. We appreciate it as always, and we'll hear your reports tomorrow morning on Total Information AM. Always enjoyed it, Tom. Thank you. There's Dan Reardon. I, I owe him a lunch and a dinner for going back-to-back here on Sports on a Sunday morning at 10.45 and 11.45. So the setup again, 1.33. For those of you making your uh, post-Easter brunch plans, 1.33 is the tea time for Kepka and Rom. Kepka is 11-under. Rom is 9-under. They finished their third round just a little while ago, only two shots apart. But as Dan mentioned, Victor Hovland's right there. He's 8-under. He tees off at 124 just before them with Patrick Cantlay. Can't imagine that Hideki Matsuyama can get into this, but he is 5-under, and he is very experienced. He's making his 12th Masters appearance. So uh, things are going to get a little interesting, as they always do, at Augusta National. We will say goodbye from downtown St. Louis. Graybar Sports on a Sunday morning. Joe Pot as your pregame next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 